welcome to our new viewers and those who have been with us for the long haul. This is the Greg Kelly Report Show. I'm Greg Kelly, and this is a fact-driven opinion show. And I've always been upfront about my, well, my bias. We all have them. And mine is pro-Trump. Uh, I've been really, quite frankly, impressed for a very long time. I like the policies. I like the style. I even like the tweets. And oh, by the way, I'm one of the few people, quite frankly, in the country who saw his political viability the day he declared. Look at that. June 16, 2015, by a fluke, I happened to be there and I publicly predicted, that's my little head there, about four rows back, that he would win the presidency. I made that prediction June 16, 2015. I'll show you it later in the week. We got to unearth the video footage, but it does exist. And I can't figure out why Fox is so conflicted about this guy. I mean, look, and they are, by the way. Newsmax, well, we show Donald Trump when he's making news, which is a lot. Here he is on election night in November of uh, last year. 10, 11 p.m., what were they doing on Fox News? Uh, not showing President Trump. And it happens all the time over there. Next, we see, I believe this was, oh, in East Palestine, Ohio. Very important visit by President Trump. What were they doing on Fox News? Uh, a panel, okay? That's the way it rolls over there. What were they doing today? All day long, uh, conspicuously avoiding mentioning Trump. And when they do, it's, uh, it's one and done. They get it over with real quick. I don't understand their reluctance. Number one, people like Trump. Number two, they like seeing him on TV. He's excellent for ratings, by the way. Uh, everybody seems to understand that. But uh, I don't understand their, well, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, but maybe this is why Tucker Carlson is no longer there. Why is that? Because he gave Donald Trump a fair shake. A lot of things are coming out of Fox News, and uh, including this. Vanity Fair reports that Tucker may have been axed because of a prayer talk that he gave. That stuff freaks out management. He talked about prayer as recently as last week. That's from noted media reporter Gabriel Sherman. Is this the reason why Tucker is no longer at Fox News? Take a look. Maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? Even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. What a beautiful, positive, proactive message, and he said that just last week. Did that raise issues for him with management? That would be very, very interesting. And I do mean proactive. You know, a lot of folks in conservative media, they will rally around the faith when it's under attack. All right. And that's a good thing. I'm not complaining about it all the time. Christianity under attack. It's a, almost a, it's a headline you see all the time in the conservative world. I run stories like that. But what about proactively talking about faith. You know, you can't just defend it all the time. You have to actually talk about it, I think. And from time to time on this show, I am able to express that. I started reading the Bible about seven years ago and everything changed. Uh, kicked alcohol and anxiety. Used to be my constant companion, but peace and tranquility. Hey, I still can get worried, but my life is radically different from what it was before I found God and Jesus. It, um, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's interesting, though. In America today, what I just did, sharing that message, that's considered, ooh, don't do that. 
But if you want to talk about Black Lives Matter, hey, have at it. Black Lives Matter. And you got a right to wear that pin wherever you want, right? Yes, you do. Oh, by the way. But do your corporate overlords have to hand out those pins and tell everybody to wear them? That's kind of a problem. Uh, oh, by the way, in our current culture, hiding Bibles, well, I would consider that possibly a hate crime, but it's a joke. This lawmaker in Arizona, Stephanie Stahl Hamilton, there were Bibles passed out for all the lawmakers. She thought it would be fun, or maybe she thought nobody would find them if she hid the Bible. She hid them all over the place. She did not want people reading the Bible. Uh, she said it's a prank, this lawmaker. I think that's, well, a despicable thing to do. So back to Tucker. I actually don't think that the prayer comment got him into significant trouble. No, it was the government's call for his ouster after he ran the footage of, well, the January 6th never seen before footage of the Capitol Police assisting the horns guy as he traveled about the Capitol, helping him get to the Senate chamber. This is weird. This is inexplicable other than, well, the whole thing was a setup. It's amazing. After that footage aired, uh, everybody in our culture lost their minds or ignored it. Crazily enough, Republicans said that what Tucker did in airing this footage was harmful. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. I was there on January 6th. I saw what happened. I saw the aftermath. I think it's bullshit. When you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, I just don't think it's helpful. Breaking through glass windows and doors to get into the United States Capitol against the orders of police is, is a crime. To somehow put that in the same category as a you know permitted peaceful protest is, um, is just a lie. They put the Rhine in Rhino, don't they? Wow, nothing about Antifa, nothing about Ashley Babbitt, nothing about all those doors propped open, nothing about the cops just standing there or aggressively waving the protesters in, nothing about that. Tucker really threatened their agenda. And it wasn't just Republicans, it wasn't just Democrats, the media establishment. The United States military was authorized to take shots at Tucker Carlson. Just whenever he did a story that they didn't like, they orchestrated moments like this. Drama TV. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I call it. I'll apologize up front and tell you that I don't have cable news at home. I don't have it here in the office, and I don't watch a lot of drama TV. I understand some comments were made yesterday, and I watched the clip that Mr. Carlson produced as he referred to pregnant women in the military. I'll remind everyone that his opinion, which he has a, a right to, is based off of actually zero days of service in the armed forces. God bless our country, our partners, and our allies. Let's get back to work. Let's remember that those opinions were made by an individual who has never served a day in his life. Let's remember that's all about drama TV. Well, Marine, the way it works is there is civilian control of our military, and we are citizens. You work for us, not the other way around. And not only do we have a right, we have a duty to critique and study the way you do business, and we will. You got that? That is dangerous stuff. There is a burgeoning fascism coming in America, and this is just a small sign of it. It's crazy. Hey, 
Where's the outrage? Where is the consternation about what I call the monsters? Uh, this. Uh, strange people trying to get close to children. This is something I'd welcome the military to have a voice in. Our GOP senators, Mitch McConnell and the rest. But somehow they're, they're going along with this. They are going along with it. All right. Now it's on to somebody I call Senator Thug. Absolutely. The majority leader of the United States Senate. I touched on this last night. I am still, wow. He says jump. Fox News says how high. Democrats, Republicans, independents need to take a stand and call out Mr. Carlson's conduct for what it is, a dangerous, unforgivable attempt to destabilize our democracy and rewrite the history of the worst attack on our Constitution since the Civil War. Unforgivable. He condemns Tucker Carlson. Hey, has he ever asked for forgiveness for something that was truly dangerous? A call to violence, maybe even a call to an assassination. Do you remember what he did to Justice Kavanaugh, to Justice Gorsuch? He did this, and it had to be a violation of the law. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. I think that is against the law. By the way, the, the glee he had, you can see it in his eyes. He is happy. Look at that. They're eating it up. He looks like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. And the mob, yeah, they did get fired up. And they went to Kavanaugh's house. And uh, they also break, broke the law. According to federal statute, you're actually not allowed to do this, to parade in front of a justice's home to possibly influence their decision. That is against the law. How about that? And now we have this. Firestorm over Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas for accepting luxury travel around the world for more than 20 years paid for by a GOP donor. Another Supreme Court justice not disclosing real estate sales. That would be Justice Neil Gorsuch, who you just saw there, who, according to explosive new reporting in Politico, sold a 40-acre property he owned in Colorado to the head of a law firm. Oh, my. What is happening? They've been caught in perfectly legal transactions. Perfectly legal transactions. Yes, they've been caught obeying the law. Even when you're a Supreme Court justice, you are allowed to sell property. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to sell a house. You're also allowed to stay at a friend's house. Yes, you are. Joe Biden's America is becoming a very weird and dangerous place, and he wants to keep it that way for at least another four years, 40 years, 400 years. He's running for re-election. It does seem totally unreal, just like his announcement tape where we saw him doing that fake jog, right? Joe's on the run, right? He's on the move. Can I see that one more time? That is Joe Biden. Yes, he is just a man on the move. Well, today it looked like a different story at the White House. He's this close to grabbing onto that soldier's arm. Joe is being all he can be. Just walking, just walking. Look, he's lost it. We can all see that. And this shouldn't be happening. Running for re-election. This is, I mean, take a look at the decline. 
I'm a 29-year-old oddball. The only reason I was able to raise the money is I was able to have a national constituency to run for office. Because I was 29, I'm like the token black or the token woman. I was the token young person. With regard to age, uh, I can't even say, I guess how old I am, I can't even say the number. And I feel good, I feel excited about the prospects, and I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we haven't in a long time. You know, it's maybe not even the age. It's, well, Joe Biden had his brain operated on twice in the 1980s. Nobody talks about this almost ever, but it's true. It happened. And back then, brain surgery was uh, not what it is today. It was a bit more crude. And they had a saying, when the air hits your brain, you're never the same. Was Joe changed by that procedure? Hmm? Uh, Joe has been known, however, to use age against his political opponents when he was running for the Senate in 1972. He was uh, using it all the time. Kale doesn't want to run. He's lost that old twinkle in his eye he used to have because, next headline, how old was his opponent? 63 years old. Joe Biden was 29, and he was spreading it around town that... His opponent at 63 was too old. And he would say stuff like this. In Kale Boggs' day when Stalin ruled, Americans had visions of Russian soldiers in our streets. In Joe Biden's day, Americans have visions of American criminals in our streets. Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. All right, not Joe, but an announcer from back then, Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. The implication is the other guy is too old. Joe, it's not only the age, again, it's the, it's the issues that he's clearly having. Going forward, what would this campaign look like? What is it going to look like? Listen to the message the White House is actually putting out to one of their trusty scribes. Look, it's likely going to be several months before we see the president hit the trail and start to hold official campaign events. All right. Why well, he declared yesterday, but he's not going to run up for several months holding events. They're going to hide him. That's what the Trump team is pointing out. This will not be a typical campaign. Actually, it's going to be totally unorthodox and weird. They will not run a real campaign. A statement from Donald Trump's campaign. The plan is to hide in the basement, just like in 2020. And also they will let his global business friends buy him the White House. And they'll rely on dirty tactics to win, like arresting Trump. That uh, rings very true, doesn't it? Hey, look, he's in trouble potentially with Democrats, Joe Biden. Uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, he used to be funny. Then he got all crazy political and woke. Uh, he's usually a big defender of any Democrat. But he let this rip last night. President Biden today made it official he is running for president again. He said he's running to battle for the soul of America, which is, I don't know, that's a lot to battle for. Most people his age are barely winning the battle against constipation. But make no mistake, Grandpa Joe is back on the road to the White House, and he's doing 35 in the center lane with his blinker on. I never like those kinds of jokes about old age. Um, and I actually don't think it's Joe's age. It's, it's other issues. There are 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds, 100-year-olds who have it all going on. Joe Biden doesn't. Yeah, that's a thing. I don't like old age jokes. Interestingly, other countries, a lot of them, they revere the elderly, like in Japan. And oh, by the way, wrapping up this portion of the show, the new book from Donald Trump, Letters to Trump, you know who gets more mentioned than anyone else? Five pages 
Shinzo Abe, the late great prime minister of Japan. Um, lots of uh, anecdotes and stories about the affection between the two families. Uh, I was really kind of struck by that. Five pages more than anyone else of all the people that Donald Trump has written to and corresponded with and knows Shinzo Abe of Japan. His passing seemed to really get him right here. I'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is power. Is freedom. Is money. Is health. Is Newsmax. Millions watch it. So can you. Newsmax is real news for real people. It was a horrible moment in this country when this woman received so much attention. Her allegations against Judge Kavanaugh, then Judge Kavanaugh, without a shred of evidence, nothing whatsoever, couldn't even name the time, even the year. It was crazy. It was crazy. And for her to be so embraced by the swamp, I mean, look at that. It changed things, it changed things deeply in this country. Justice Kavanaugh, thank God he made it through it, because if he went down, if somebody could just come forward and take another individual out professionally, personally, based off of an allegation with no proof, that will put a lot of people in big trouble. These people, the judge, um, Donald Trump, you know, they have the resources to fight this stuff. But regular people, you and me, do we? Tara Reid, her allegations, her allegations are actually quite credible. You know, she accused Joe Biden of assaulting her and she could actually place herself on Joe Biden's staff. That's a real allegation that nobody ever talks about that has not been thoroughly or adequately investigated. So that brings us to E. Jean Carroll. I am convinced that she is a crazy person. Actually, yeah, very convinced. So, you know, she's accused Donald Trump of sexual assault. There is absolutely no evidence whatsoever, but the media have embraced this. Big tech has embraced it. She's been propped up by the liberal establishment, and this lawsuit is going forward. The trial has started. Here she is uh, leaving the federal courthouse today in New York City. It's absolutely preposterous. Her allegations, no evidence whatsoever, nothing, no corroborating anything, and but I know this about her. I do believe she's crazy. A crazy person says this. The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. It just, it, it hurt. It just, what, it just, you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a, I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people rape. think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. She said a horrible, violent violation is sexy. That's why I said she's a crazy person. There's also evidence that she is a racist. Now, in 1987, there, she did establish that she met Donald Trump once. We believe that's Ivana on the right. There's the back of Donald Trump's head. And, and that, we believe, is E. Jean Carroll. The guy on the right, uh, that is John Johnson. 
Now, John Johnson, uh, he's a retired journalist, and he happened to be one of my favorites. He was like a household name in New York, John Johnson. He was a real big deal. Good evening. I'm Dana Tyler. And I'm John Johnson. We begin with the deadly attack on the former New York City police officer. He was gunned down tonight in the Bronx, and the killers are still on the loose. Widely respected here in New York. Actually, at one point, there was a riot in a prison, and the prisoners said, to defuse the situation, we want John Johnson. And he went to the prison. It was totally wild. Well, he was married to E. Jean Carroll. They're divorced. Look at what she wrote about him in a book from only three years ago. She called him JJ, who was six foot three and was in a rage because I'd called him an ape, was kneeling on the bed. Was in a rage because she called him an ape. Uh, John Johnson happens to be a black man. Uh, calling a black man an ape is, well, that's racist, don't you think? This is a very bad person who is bringing these allegations. And of course, she is backed up by... Big tech. Look at this. We have reports that the financial backing is coming from this guy, Reed Hoffman, who recently donated $4 million to Democrats. He is the co-founder of LinkedIn, and he's helping to fund Carol's lawsuit against Donald Trump because she does not have the money to be doing this on her own. Isn't that something? All right. Moving on to Asa Hutchinson. Asa, who is this? Uh, he is the former Republican governor of Arkansas, and he actually thinks he's going to be president. He's not. I think he knows that. I think he found it out midway through the speech today, which, in my opinion, was a bit of a disaster. His beautiful, sweet wife introduced him. That was the highlight. And then it went downhill as soon as she stopped talking. Watch. He's gone through the fire. He's ready. Welcome, my beloved. And your favorite governor, I should say, Asa Hutchinson. This campaign needs some razzle-dazzle. It needs cheerleaders with pom-poms. This is how I know he's not going to be president. I'm sorry. I think it's these critical moments. This is the first test. Next. Please. It reminds me of when Jeb Bush leader. said, please clap. Do you remember that? Sorry. Um, this guy is on my list, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh, next. My medal has been tested. It was tested when I put on a flak jacket and assisted the FBI hostage rescue team in negotiating the surrender of an armed terrorist group. My medal was tested after the 9-11 attack when I was responsible for protecting the United States from another act of terrorism on U.S. soil. Wow, that's quite a boast. I was responsible for protecting America from terrorism. He was the head of the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency. Um, not exactly the tip of the spear when it comes to terrorism. Sorry. And that whole thing with the flak jacket. He was a lawyer. What was he doing with the hostage negotiation team? Uh, a couple more things. Sorry. I've been chief executive of our state for eight years, and that means I know how to balance the budget. I did it every single year. 
And so says every single governor who has ever run for president. I think he asked artificial intelligence to write this speech for him. Uh, dear ChatGPT speech for running. I, all right. And one more cliche to wrap things up. I am running for president of the United States because I know that the best of America is ahead of us. <laughs> all right. And here is where it sets in, that he has no chance whatsoever when he invites his beautiful family up. I mean, I'm sorry, but even they know. Greatest democracy is in your hands. Thank you, Arkansas. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. May God bless the United States of America. Uh, there's a real what do I do now aspect to all of this. Here they come, kind of uh, freaked out. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going to vote for him, uh, those who are old enough to vote for him. Uh, all right, but here's the real moment where he's like, so this is my life. When he walks off the stage, all right, now it's time to, to leave the stage. Watch this. I don't think this guy is a natural leader. I've seen presidents. I've seen presidential candidates. I've seen people with no political office, but a lot of charisma. And uh, this is awkward. He's just kind of standing there. All right. Now, it's not personal, but I just think he has no business running for president. Take a look at this headline. This is a man who believes that children should be allowed to be chemically castrated in Arkansas. And I have a big, big problem with that. And so do the people of Arkansas. Uh, they overrode his veto, the state assembly there. Tucker took him out in beautiful fashion. This is chemical castration. Of course, if you stop puberty and suppress the sex hormones, you're chemically castrating someone. So our, our, our description was correct. But let me just ask you, I mean, there are all kinds of, we're talking about minors, children here, and there are all kinds of things in Arkansas, kids in every state are not allowed to do. Get married, drink a beer, get a tattoo. Why do you think it's important for conservatives to make certain that children can block their puberty, be chemically castrated? Why is that a conservative value, if you would tell us? Well, first of all, you have parents involved in very difficult decisions. You have physicians that are involved in these decisions. And uh, I go back to William Buckley. I go back to Ronald Reagan, the principles of our party, uh, which believes in a limited role of government. Are we, as a party, abandoning a limited role of government and saying we're going to invoke the government decision-making over and above physicians, over and above health care, over and above parents? Yeah, actually, we want children protected from bad doctors and even bad parents. And these medical associations, they have all gone crazy. They've all gone woke. This man, I'm sorry, is totally unfit to be president. Also, we just have this in from Tucker Carlson, who really is the, the man of the moment. Uh, you know, he could be president someday, 2028, 2032. Who knows? Uh, he just posted this uh, online. Good evening, it's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country, kind and decent people, people who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people also, a lot of those. It's gotta be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how 
unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. I'm glad he's not doing that show anymore. He's bigger than that show, bigger than Fox News. We need him on the national stage beyond cable TV, all right? Yeah, vice presidency with uh, Donald Trump. Who knows? Who knows? The sky's the limit. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Hey guys, it's Carson for Gold Alliance. If you're concerned about how Washington's latest shenanigans may impact your financial future, this is an important message to hear because right now we have a stock market correction. We got high inflation, Fed rate hikes happening all the time. Some experts say a recession may sweep the nation and folks who fail to prepare may face challenging times ahead while gold owners may have a historic opportunity to grow richer. Now, if you'd like to learn a simple way you can diversify with gold before an economic downturn comes, if you'd like to put yourself on the road to financial peace of mind, the new 2023 Gold Guide from our friends at Gold Alliance can show you how. Here's what you got to do. Just go to www.freegoldguide.com slash Carson, freegoldguide.com slash Carson, or you can write down this number 800-247-9236, 800-247-9236, or again, go to freegoldguide.com slash Carson. Do you remember seeing this, this poor woman getting beaten up savagely? Uh, the New York City subway system. She lost an eye. That's Elizabeth Gomes. This happened last fall, September of 2022. She survived. She lost an eye. 
Uh, and she joins us now. She's, she's okay, but she did lose that eye, and she's very critical of how things have been going in New York. Elizabeth Gomes, welcome, and it's actually a privilege to meet you. I always wondered about you after seeing that video. How are you? Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm doing well. You know, I can't complain. God is good. I'm still alive. I'm still here, so it's a blessing. Can I ask you, was that... That, that was a savage attack. That was more than a mugging. I mean, what, was, it, was it just about, what was he trying to get out of you? Was it just money he wanted or was he just attacking? What, did you ever find out about the motive? What did police think? I mean, honestly, I read in the New York Post when they did an interview with him and he claimed that he just wanted to give somebody a good beatdown. You know, because honestly, I had my phone on me. I had my wallet. He didn't take anything. I mean, the phone was right there. He could have took it if he really wanted it, but it looks like that's what he really wanted to do, was just beat somebody to death, I guess. Well, his name, the one in custody, allegations, but the evidence is overwhelming. Waleed Foster. Uh, we have, he killed his grandmother when he was 14 years old. How about that? And now he's been indicted for killing his girlfriend. That may have happened uh, right around the time you were attacked. Um, and, you know, meantime, I don't know if you've noticed this, but New York City officials are running around all the time saying that everything is uh, fine and dandy in New York. Let's listen to the mayor. Uh, cut D40, please. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. We are the safest large city in America because we respect the rule of law. Bill morale going forward and ensure that New York remains the safest big city in America. It is really troubling that Americans, taxpayers' dollars uh, are being And this used is what he does. He wears a great suit and he runs around bragging about what a great job he's doing. He's wrong. Uh, I know that firsthand. You know that firsthand. You've noticed this? They keep pushing this nonsense. I mean, and I don't understand why they keep pushing it when it's a big problem. Why are we trying to shove the problem underneath the rug? That's basically what they're doing. Because if you're going to sit there and say that there's no crime happening and you're seeing crimes happening every single day, not just with mines, but this other numerous subway, this, you know, this, come on, this guy strangled his ex-girlfriend, you know, like a month before this. Even before that, we have with the shootings, with the EMS worker and all these kind of things. And Plus, it's been a lot more that we probably don't even know about. Can I you know, ask you? Like these school shootings and all these stuff, yes. Did this change you politically? I mean, uh, I hate to bring politics up, but look, everything's political here. And in a moment like this, you know, that old saying, a conservative is a, is a liberal who got mugged. I mean, did you think one way before this incident uh, and another way now? I mean, of course, because at that time, I never used to take politics too serious. But now I see that these people are in charge of what's going on in the city and what's really going on in our lives because they took the jobs of keeping us safe as a community and as a state and as a world, you know. So, yes, I take it very serious now. And I look forward to see the, these new bill laws that they come out with because a lot has to change. I mean, what else has to happen for, I, for us to see that we need some changes? It does have to happen, and they are not doing anything. And if we, as we say goodbye, if we can take a look at that attack moment one more time. I see a guy ran over. It looks like he was trying to help you. Um, do you know anything about that? Yes. You want to know something, to be honest with you? 
the world only got to see one clip out of eight footage of this attack that happened. The reason why that guy was running is because Vaheen Foster hit me in the head with a bottle. Oh. That's why we were running. Elizabeth Gomes, we appreciate it. You're an important voice. Is there anything we can do to help? You know, honestly, yes, there is a lot because me and my fiance, we actually do things for the homeless. We have Give Back Tuesdays where we give free haircuts and, you know, we give clothing and we give sneakers and we do interviews with these people to find out what it is that they need, why, why they're in this situation, what made them homeless. You know, like, what is what did the city do to put them in this situation? Because people didn't just wake up overnight and become homeless. Something had to happen. And this is what we help to try to look forward to giving back, too, to find out what's going on, a way that we could also help, because we can't keep waiting for the mayor to do this. Because as you see, they're saying everything is fine. But yet we have homeless people every day still sleeping underneath the train station, yeah. scared to go in these homeless homes, but you're trying to build more homeless shelters, they're scared to go in there. That's why they're not in there. Can't have people just living life being scared. That's not what life is for. Nope, it sure isn't. Elizabeth Gomes, thank you for being with us, sharing what happened. No We're problem. so glad thank you're you so okay. Much. Sorry about what happened, but let's continue the conversation and we'll be right back. President Biden taking questions, or was he today, at a joint presser with the South Korean president. Local was spotted a little note card that had, well, the reporter's name, that's standard. But the exact question she was expected to ask, the exact question, this is not the way the presidency is supposed to work. Can he handle questions that he has not been told about ahead of time? Look, we've all seen the gaps. He does not seem up to the task of president at all. But let's bring in some experts. Dr. Manny Sethi is the founder and president, Healthy Tennessee, a trauma surgeon in Nashville, Tennessee. He also ran for the Senate in 2020. Dr. Carol Lieberman, psychiatrist and best-selling author. Welcome to you both. Dr. Lieberman, if you don't mind, first to you. Uh, look, you've been watching this guy for a long time. What's the problem? Yes, I was warning people back when he ran in 2020 that he had what I called encroaching dementia. You know, as a forensic psychiatrist and an expert witness, I testify in cases where questions of competency are at issue. And there is no doubt that his encroaching dementia has encroached significantly since then. And yet, you know, somehow he's being allowed to run, continue to be the president and run again. Yeah. And Dr. Sethi, like everybody knows it. It seems so obvious, yet you can't talk about it. It's very, very frowned upon. It's it's very sad, Greg. You know, look, when I watch this guy, I'm not a neurologist. Uh, I am a trauma surgeon. I take care of a lot of elderly patients. Look, he's got all the signs of dementia. He doesn't know where he is half the time. He he needs to have somebody right next to him. He gets, you know, from reports very angry very quickly. Uh, and so it's just sad what they're doing to him. And he just clearly does not have the faculties capable, you know, to be the president of the United States. And as a physician, it's just very hard to watch. You know, they have this whole thing. His brain, he had brain surgery twice in the 1980s. That old saying, if the air hits your brain, you're never the same. They don't do it the way they did back then. They have to crack open the skull. I think they can go through the nose. Dr. Lieberman, brain surgery, especially performed back then, can change a person. Or am I wrong? 
Well, no, you're not wrong. Um, he had aneurysms, bleeding aneurysms, and he ha still has uh, cardio cardiac um, arrhythmias today. He's on medication for that. Um, and some of what we see are transient ischemic attacks when there isn't enough oxygen getting to his brain. You know, he has, shows lots of signs of, of dementia, memory loss, his so-called gas, all of that. But the worst sign that he shows um, is not being able to um, have analytic thinking, the kind of thinking that chess players have. Um, and we saw this in Afghanistan when the Taliban didn't do what he expected them to do. He didn't have a plan B. He couldn't figure it out. And that is what has set up all our enemies. They saw that was the clearest way that they saw that he really wasn't able to think. And all our enemies have come forward since then. Russian invaded invaded yeah. Ukraine. Uh, China is acting up. All of these things because they realize, wait a second, he doesn't know what he's doing. This is the time to to do what we want with America. Yeah, he can't pivot. He can't. It's uh, very strange. Listen, I apologize. We had this. Uh Everyone's still freaking out about Tucker Carlson, and it took some time earlier in the show. We'll have you both back soon. I appreciate it so much, Dr. Sethi, Dr. Lieberman. Thank you. To be continued, and I'll be right back. Uh, remember this, okay? Remember when they talk about Black Lives Matter and how beautiful and how peaceful the protests were? They were not. All right. And uh, that's never, ever mentioned. All of this is glossed over. And meanwhile, what do they say about January 6th? The worst thing that ever happened, right? That these guys, that big old Barnett with his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. You know what I say? Big deal. I also say to the guy who was walking off with the podium, big deal. Probably shouldn't have taken it, but I mean, come on. All right. Come on. And what is up with Liz Cheney when she says this? She almost makes it sound like the next election is up to her and her alone. And I think there's there's no question. I mean, a, a man as dangerous as Donald Trump um, can absolutely never be anywhere near the Oval Office ever again. See, that's actually a dangerous statement, you know? Uh, she's wrong about Donald Trump, dangerous, but her statement, like, he can never get close to the Oval Office again. What if he gets more votes, right? She doesn't seem to allow for that. They're not, they're going to prevent that somehow, right? I am very disturbed by that. Oh, also this. Sometimes we're down on America, but remember we did have done some amazing things. This picture is 55 years old. Drop the banner if you don't mind. That was taken by Apollo 8 in December of 1968. Japan just managed to do the same thing 54 years later, 55 years later. Um, but get this, they lost contact with the probe and all the Japanese controllers are so glum because they, well, they couldn't maintain contact. But they're getting closer, are we? I hope so. Fingers crossed. I'll be right back. Thank you. Great to see you. Welcome to Newsmax. I'll be back tomorrow.